Well, I brought something to show you all tonight, so I'm going to start with that. So, um, do you have that up there on the screen? There you go. This is my little great-granddaughter, Ariana. She's so sweet. She's just the sweetest baby. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Ariana. And Ariana means holy one or most holy. She's five months old and she knows her name. She knows her name and when you call her Ariana, she gives you her attention. Her, her little brother, my great-grandson, will come up and say, Ariana. And she just looks up at him. It's just so precious. But, you know, she knows her name because we call her by her name. And you see, you know, babies learn that there's a connection between their name and themselves. And that is so important. And so, again, as you begin to call your child by name and they begin to recognize it and they respond to it, they learn that that is part of their identity. And so tonight we're going to talk about what is in a name. What is in a name? Names, whether they belong to people or to brands or to companies, they have power to communicate something significant. Power to communicate identity. So if I say to you, for example, the word Nike, what do you think of? Shoes. Many of you think of shoes. Do you know what the word Nike means? Anyone know in the Greek what it means? It means victory. It means victory. And actually, there was a student graphic artist, and her name was Carolyn Davidson. And in 1971, she was commissioned to come up with the logo, you know, the swish. And she spent time uh, designing that logo, and she was paid a whole $35 for doing so. She made $2 an hour. And, um, you know, that's been a very significant logo for them and their name Nike it's recognized all over the world today I'm happy to say that in 1983 they gave her a, a diamond ring with the swish that was um, worth a million dollars so it was a million dollar design idea a million dollar idea God wants to give you million dollar ideas amen hallelujah so that word communicates an identity to the company Nike. Um, I was thinking so much about different people in the Bible where they had a name and even God changed their name. So we're just going to talk about a few of those tonight. So I want to start off with Jacob. Jacob. Now you all know Jacob was Isaac's son. And Jacob was a twin. And Jacob, his name actually means supplanter or deceiver. And the early part of his life, he fell into that. You know, he fell into being deceptive. And his character was not very good. And so we know the story how he deceived his own father in death. And he went in and he um, disguised himself as his brother. And he received the firstborn's birthright. 
He was the second born. But he deceived. Him and his mother came up with a plan and they plotted against uh, the older brother. And he went in and he received the birthright. And once the birthright was declared, it could not be taken back. And so he was stuck with that for a long time and he struggled with that. He struggled with his character. He struggled with God. Remember, he's the one that struggled with the angel all night long. And then the angel touched his hip and it came out of joint. And he continued to contend till he prevailed, the Bible says. He contended until he prevailed. And so God changed his name. God said, from now on, you're not going to be called Jacob. You're going to be called Israel. Because you contended. And the word Israel means to prevail. So God called him something different. And you know, so many times people in life have struggled with things from their past. That has put them in a place where they identify with their past. And you have to put the past behind. I love what the Apostle Paul says. You know, he put all of his energy and all of his strength into forgetting those things that are behind. Forgetting the pain. Forgetting the failures. Forgetting the hurts. Forgetting even the successes. Because he was quite successful in the wrong places doing the wrong things. So he had to put energy into forgetting. I'm sure forgiving himself and receiving God's forgiveness so that he could go on. Amen. So that he could just focus on what was ahead. Because if you're looking at what's behind, you're going to trip. Amen. We're to look at those things that are ahead. God has amazing things planned for each and every one of you. So you've got to take those things of the past and you've got to bury them. Amen? Amen. Some places they can become um, treasured memories. And that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. Some things you just have to move on. And especially when it comes to identity. Who are you identifying with now? Are you identifying with the old man? Or are you identifying with who you are in Christ Jesus? The in him truths. Amen. If you don't have that little book, oh, get a hold of it. Brother Hagin's book on in him truths. It will set you free. Because you're not defined by your past. Your past is simply prepared you for your future. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is in the business of transforming our struggles and transforming our lives for His purpose and for our good. We sang about that tonight. Amen. He knows how to work all things together. All things, not some things, all things to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
He knows how to bring it together and create something beautiful out of ashes. Amen? He makes beauty out of ashes. And I'm so thankful for that. Glory to God. What's in a name? Your identities in a name. Glory to God. What else is in a name? How out the power to call those things that be not as though they are? You know, there was another man by the name of Abram, and his wife was named Sarah. And God had a promise for them. He was his, they were his covenant people. And God said, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Now, he was about 100 years old. Amen? His body was dead. That was not physically possible. But God. He calleth those things that be not as though they were. He's the one that can quicken the dead. So if you have a dead situation in your life, if you're facing situations that seem like they are impossible, I want you to turn to God. And I want you to acknowledge him in the presence of that impossibility. In the presence of what seems to be hopeless. In the presence of what seems like, oh Lord, how could this ever be? Because he is God. And he is at work. You know, my granddaughter said something to me today. She said, you know, I learned this. That when I'm at work, God's at rest. And when I'm at rest, God's at work. And you know, it can be the simplest little thing. She had a little situation with her son who wants to play Little League. And she needed to get him signed up. And certain things weren't come together. And she was doing everything, pulling every level, every hand, trying to get all the things that she needed together to make this happen. And she was stressed out. And I've just learned that the best teacher is experience. So sometimes you just got to step back and you just got to let them learn and experience Amen. how to get through it. Amen. Amen, Steve. And so I just stepped back. And then finally she stopped working and she started praying. She said, Lord, you got to help me. I'm just going to put this down. I'm going to take a seat and I'm going to let you work. And she let it go. And the next morning she got a phone call and it was all taken care of. To God be the glory. So when you work, God rests. But when you rest, God works. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we know God went ahead and changed Abram's name because he wanted Abram to have a different identity about who he was and who he was called to be. And so he changed his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. And so every time somebody called Abram, Abraham, they were actually calling him father of many nations. Come to dinner. Father of many nations, you're needed over here. And they began to call those things that be not as though they were. And hallelujah, we know the end of the story. Sarah's name was changed from Sarai. God changed it to Sarah. 
Sarai meaning princess and Sarah meaning mother of nations. So not only did he want them to get the image of it, he wanted to put the words out there because your words are full of power. And when you speak the word, God watches over the word and sees to it. Amen. Hallelujah. So Abraham's name was changed to, or Abram's name was changed to Abraham. And he truly was made the father of many nations. And so today we see the result of that glory to God. Um, What is in a name? I'll tell you what's in a name. Power to communicate is in a name. Power to uh, call those things that be not and call them into existence is in a name. Another person I was thinking about is Simon. And, you know, Simon was actually Peter. Y'all remember? His name was Simon before it was Peter. And do you know that the very first time that Jesus saw Peter, he changed his name? He said, you know, he said uh, he was actually going to be introduced by his brother to Jesus. And when they introduced him, Jesus looked at him and Jesus said, your your name, you'll be called the rock from now on. Your name shall be Peter. He changed his name to the rock. And I was thinking about why did he do that? Well, we know as the story goes along that Peter was the one that had the revelation of who Jesus was. Jesus was sitting with the disciples and he simply asked them a question. Who do men say that I am? And they answered, oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're the prophet. Some say you're this and that. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you, Peter. But my father, which is in heaven, he received revelation knowledge You know, Peter was an interesting character because he was a very sanguine personality. So he was very emotionally based. He was the kind of personality that, you know, he was very highly influential, inspiring. He was impulsive. He was um, one of those ones that always bites off more than they can chew because they're excited about life. He was one of those ones, I mean, Peter was the one that walked on water. He wasn't afraid to get out of the boat. He was going to go for it. Amen? He was the one that passionately loved Jesus with all of his heart and soul. He was optimistic. He was a talker and sometimes said things he probably shouldn't say, you know, call fire down from heaven. But Peter also was the one who denied Jesus. And I was thinking about this as I was meditating on it. You know, God knew ahead of time just what Peter would do. And he wanted to establish something on the inside of Peter. Peter, you're a rock. And you're standing, you're built on the rock of revelation of my word. And you know who I am. And so he began to call Peter the rock. 
even way ahead of time. And I thought that was so precious because that would have been a situation that could have overwhelmed Peter when he recognized that he had denied Christ. But God knew. He knew ahead of time. And he prepared him by changing his name. Thou art Peter. You're a rock. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What's in a name? Influence is in a name. Amen. How about Saul of Tarsus? Now, we know Saul's name was changed, but it wasn't Jesus that changed the name. Some people think that the, his name maybe was changed on the road to Damascus, but it wasn't. Actually, Paul himself changed his name. So Saul was his Hebrew name. And you know, he was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He was the Jews of the Jews. He was highly educated in Jewish law. He held um, a position of authority. He was someone that everyone looked up to. He had a heritage. Amen. And he was one that was, I mean, he even began to uh, talk about how he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was from the, uh, from the race of Israel, from the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews. And he went on and on and on. So that was his Hebrew name. And it brought just his name, the mention of his name, Saul, was there was status attached to his name. But he changed his name. He changed his name to Paul. You know what Paul means? Paul means little or small. It means humble. And so he was the one that said that when you're in Rome, do like the Romans. And he was the one that was sent to the Gentiles. And so I think in this situation, Paul himself called himself humble but to remind himself. I mean, he was given, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a man of intelligence, a man of spiritual revelation like no other. But he humbled himself and he reminded himself. And everybody, every time somebody said, Paul, dinner's ready. He heard, humble yourself. That's what he saw in Jesus. Jesus humbled himself. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And that is a quality. That is a quality that we all need as a part of our foundation of our character. Humility. Being humble. Being gracious. Being loving. Amen. And so I love that about him. What's in a name? Well, let's talk about the name above every name. Amen. The name of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus. It means in the Greek, God is salvation. Who is Jesus to you? What is in his name? Jesus, Yeshua. You know, it's a modern name for uh, Joshua. One of my grandsons is named Joshua. And one of your, your brothers named Joshua. It's a great name. Hallelujah. The angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he said to Joseph, Joseph, 
Mary's going to have a son. She's going to give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. So salvation is found in the name. Acts 4, chapter 4, verses 12 says, Salvation is found in no other else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind, whereby we must be saved. Acts 21, or Acts 2, 21 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's not the cross plus anything else. It's the cross. It's the name of Jesus. It's calling upon the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, and you shall be saved. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That scripture means a lot to me because my father was raised Catholic. He was a wonderful man. He loved life. He loved people. He was a giver. And he had called upon the name of the Lord. But he didn't always change his lifestyle. You know, he didn't have a revelation of God's word. And when he took his flight to heaven, you know, the enemy will sometimes try to talk to you and try to take you down a pathway to torment your soul. And I simply said, Lord, what about that? And the Lord spoke to my heart so clear and so concise. And he said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there was, just as we talked about at the beginning of the service, a blessed assurance. And so I just feel led to share that with you because maybe some of you, like me, was wondering. But we can put faith in the word of God. Amen. And that brings us great comfort. Hallelujah. What else does the Bible say about the name of Jesus? Well, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What is in a name? His name tells us about his character. His character is wonderful and glorious. His character is that of a counselor who leads and guides and shepherds. His character is that of a mighty God that gives you mighty victories. Amen? His character is that of an everlasting father. The love of the father. His character is that of the prince of peace. Who gives us peace. Who is peace to us. Amen. What is in a name? We can see so much in the name of Jesus. 
And I don't know about you, but I am so glad that the government is upon his shoulders. Amen? Amen. So it tells us about his character. It tells us about his mission. Do you see that? It tells us about the relationship between me and Jesus. Hallelujah. What is in a name? I'll tell you. In the name of Jesus, there is power. There is power. What does the Bible say about that? Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's angels. That's men, that's women, and that's demons. They shall bow, and every tongue shall confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? What is in the name? Joy is in the name, because answered prayer is in the name. In John 16, verses 23 to 24, it says, And in that day you shall ask me nothing, but verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask who? The Father. In whose name? In my name. This is Jesus speaking. He will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive. That what? Your joy may be full. There's joy in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever we ask in Jesus' name, there's power in the name of Jesus. You know what else there is? There's healing in the name of Jesus. Let's look at Acts chapter 3 and verse 2. And I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, at the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate at the temple, which was called Beautiful. Now just picture that every day of his life, he has to have someone. He's dependent on someone to take him, to lay at the gate, so that he could beg for alms, to ask alms, to ask money from those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked for alms. He asked for money. Do we not see this every day? Do we not see people every day in situations like this? I'm telling you, it's an epidemic, the condition that are, that our precious people in the streets are in. Amen? For various reasons. For various reasons. But you can picture him there. You can picture him asking. You can picture him begging. You can picture in your mind's eye. Peter saying to him, Silver and gold? I do not have. But what I do have, what I do possess, I'm going to give to you. 
And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. Isn't that just what Jesus does? He'll take you by the right hand and he'll lift you up. Thank you, Lord. You're the glory and the lifter. You take us no matter where we are at in our walk with you. And you take us by the right hand and you lift us up. And you bring increase into our lives. And you, oh Lord, you heal our bodies. You restore our souls. You restore relationships in our lives. Sometimes we don't know the how, but we always know the who. It's you by your spirit working, working, working. So remember, when you're resting, God's working. And if you have situations in your life that you need restoration, you need healing power, you rest in the word. You rest in prayer. And you let God work. Amen? Hallelujah. And it says, it lifted him up, took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, his feet and ankles received strength. And he began to do what? He began to leap. And he began to walk. And he began to praise God. Oh, what a life that was changed. Changed by what? Power in the name of Jesus. Power and boldness. We pray much for labors, for harvest. You know, Jesus even said, the harvest is plenteous. Pray for labors. Now, of course, we pray for the harvest. We pray for souls. But in that passage of scripture, Jesus instructed us to pray for labors. Boldness for labors. Utterance for labors. Who are the labors? We are the labors. What are we to do? Go out into the highways and byways. Go out into the harvest. Demonstrate and disperse good. It'll draw men. It'll draw their attention. You see, this man, they, he put his attention on Peter and John. But Peter and John redirected him right away to the goodness of God. You, you can't give what you don't have. And they, but they had a revelation of the name of Jesus. And that's something that we have to carry and be carriers of a revelation of the power in the name of Jesus. It's not a good luck charm. It's the name of the Son of the living God. And it was given to us for our use. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I love that passage of Scripture. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And Peter John said, you know, don't look at us as if we did something. Don't look at us as if we had anything to do with his healing. He said, and, and in his name, in the name of Jesus, and through faith in his name, has this man been made strong, whom you see and whom you know. They knew him. They walked past him every day. 
Hallelujah. What a witness. What a testimony to the power in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. There is conduct in the name of Jesus. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In what? In psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in what? The name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're about to say something, if you're about to do something, can you do it all to the glory of God? Can you do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can you get in strife in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can we murmur? Can we complain in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? Can we be faint-hearted? Can we be fearful? Can we have dread in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Janie and I have this thing. We say, sorrow and mornings fleet away. You know, you're working and, and sometimes you have this sigh that comes up. And we, we, at the onset, we arrest it, don't we, Janie? No, sorrow and mornings fleet away. Lord, help in Jesus' name. That's what you can do in Jesus' name. Lord, help. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So character and conduct is found in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, identity is found in the name. And I was thinking so much about um, how we're even called Christians. Because that is his name, Christ How many of you have ever faced giants in your life? How many of you are facing a giant tonight? (laughs) There's all kinds of giants in life, isn't there? And when we think about David and Goliath, and he faced the giant. He faced the giant with the name. You know, Goliath was a Philistine. He was nine feet, nine inches tall, thereabout. His armor was 125 pounds. David was a boy. His spear, Goliath's spear, was 15 pounds. The the head of the spear weighed about 15 pounds. And his job was to terrorize people. He was a terrorist. And he would come out and he would defile the armies of God. And he he would harass them. And terrorize them with fear. Do you know it's the same spirit that's working today? Spirits don't die. It was a spirit of terrorism to get God's people to give in to fear. We don't have to give in to fear. Amen? We have the spirit of faith. The spirit of might. The spirit of God living on the inside of us. Well, David knew something. That none of the Israelite army seemed to remember. He had a covenant with God. They did too, but they weren't exercising it. 
But you know the story. David came down. He came down with a bag of lunch to visit his brothers. And he just could not understand why in the world nobody would stand up to this terrorist. And he said, hey, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'll go and I'll take his hat off. And so, as you know, the story goes, he tried to wear somebody else's King Saul's armor and that wasn't going to work for him. He wasn't familiar with it. It wasn't his tools. Hallelujah. But what was? His faith in God. He had fought battles before with the bear and with the lion. Amen. And he saw the power of God and what the power of God could do. And so when he came against Goliath, he came against him. He said, I'm not, you're coming against me with this, but I'm coming against you. In what? The name of the Lord. So there's strength and there's victory in the name of the Lord. I come against you in the name of our almighty God. And of course, we know the outcome. The outcome was so beautiful because David took those five stones. You might say, well, why did he take five stones? He only needed one. Well, Goliath had four brothers. But he took that stone and his willingness. Are you willing? Are you willing to walk in the power of God? Are you willing? He was willing to walk in the power of God. He picked up the stone and he ran towards the giant. He didn't run away from him. He ran towards him with the stone in his hand, his slingshot. What is in your hand? God will use what's in your hand. For David, it was a slingshot. But what is in your hand? The power of God will come on whatever is in your hand. Amen? He'll multiply it. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, David with precision because he was practiced. This is what he did. It wasn't the first time he slung his uh, a stone at something. He was practiced. And he took that and he did his part. He ran towards the giant, cast the stone, and the power of God came on that stone. Hit Goliath right in the head. Knocked him over. He fell over and David went over there, cut his head off. He's a giant slayer. Are you a giant slayer? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for that example of not shrinking down in fear, but rising up with faith and your covenant. Faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me say this to you. There's a stone for every giant in your life. Praise God. What's in a name? Well, we're commissioned authority 
delegated authority in the name. Mark chapter 16 says, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, church. They shall what? Cast out devils. Speak with new tongues. If They shall take up serpents. If they d- drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. In, in the Amplified Version, it says, And she did this many days. Oh, no, that was something else. I'm sorry. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I think I want to skip over that. So there's protection in the name of the Lord. There's protection. And I want to tell you in closing about a little testimony that um, something that happened to me 20 years ago. And you'll, many of the things in this event I've laid aside, like we talked about earlier, and forgetting them and pressing ahead. But there's some things I've taken from that experience because it's gold to me. And I want to share with you So about 20 years ago, I was home getting ready for ladies' prayer. And um, the day before that, I had this scripture drop in my heart. And the scripture was this. I will deliver your household from destruction. And I thought, "Hmm, I knew it was the voice of God. I know when God speaks to me. And I just prayed over it. I didn't know what it meant. But... Went to bed the next morning, got up, was getting ready for a lady's prayer. And there was a knock at the door. And there was a young man at the door. And he, we had like glass windows. We lived at the time in Polymeris Hills. And um, he had uh, children's magazines. And so you could see the eye contact and everything. And so the door was open for him. And as the door opened for him, he pulled a gun. And he came into the house. And I had been in a back bedroom, and I felt led of the Spirit of God to go open. I had double doors to my bedroom, opened the doors and looked down the stairs, and I saw him coming in with the gun. And so I didn't really know what to do at that point. And so I tried to close the door and go over and call 911 for help, but I couldn't get the phone to connect. And so before I knew it, he was up the stairs. And before I knew it, he was telling me to put my head in the carpet, my face in the carpet. And then there was a blanket there, and he says, now cover your head. And he had the gun to my head the whole time. And so, you know, that's one of those days where you go, well, Jesus, I think I might see you today. That was the thought that came up on the inside of my head. It came up like, okay, I'm going to see you today, Jesus. Wasn't quite that casual about it, but... You know, when somebody tells you to put your face in the carpet and cover your head and they have a gun to it, it's not a good day. But you know, something else spoke to my heart on the inside of my spirit. And it was the voice of God. No, not today. No, not today. Jesus! 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 And I cried out to Jesus. And just about that time, in a back bedroom, 
my youngest son was sleeping. He had been asleep this whole time. But as I cried out to Jesus, he awoke. And he came out the door and it startled the man. And so uh, he went over to try to arrest, uh, get, get uh, Ryan down on the ground and get him uh, subdu- subdued. And I just wanted Ryan at the point to comply. So I said, Ryan, just do what he says. <laughs> so, but you know, it's just amazing because um, as I looked at this young man, I looked him in the eye. He was down the hall with grabbing my son and I was saying, Ryan, and he looked at me. And when he looked at me, his eyes got huge like saucers. And he stood there with the gun in his hand. Now, he had the gun. I had the name of Jesus. And he began to shake. He began to look up and he began to shake. I just, I just believe there was angels standing there. And as he began to shake, he pushed Ryan to the ground. And he ran down the stairs. And he ran out the door. And God delivered my house from destruction as I called upon the name of the Lord. Because that was the spirit that was on the inside of me. No matter what came to my head, no matter what came to my emotions, no matter what came to my reasoning, there was something greater on the inside of me. The power in the name of Jesus. And I just quickly want to say this. You know, that night I remember there was other things that were happening. And he he actually called my house back. He had my number. And he called my house back and he asked uh, if if, if somebody was there. And I I didn't know who he was talking about. And he said, is he dead? And I still didn't know who he was talking about. But, you know, the police were there at that time, and I gave the phone to the police. But, you know, they came with bad intentions. And so that night, I I was feeling like I just wanted to sit and just meditate on the scriptures in Psalms 91. And so I'm going to close with with this, but I want want to share it with you, because this is how personal of a God that we have. And I sat and I began to read, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And you know, I came to that word fowler, and all of a sudden it leaped off the page. And I thought, what's a fowler? I don't know what a fowler is. So I went over and looked at the footnote because I wanted every word that Psalms 91 had to say abiding in me strong. And there was a reference to the word fowler. And the reference was Psalms 124. Now I had the NIV. That was the Bible I was reading out. So I'm going to read this to you. Because this was God speaking to me. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. 
The torrent would have swept over. Us raging waters would have swept us away. But praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. And the snare has been broken, and we have escaped. And what church? Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What's in a name? There's protection in the name. Amen. Glory to God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Glory to God. Salvation is found in no other. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the power in your name. Thank you for the revelation of that power. Now, you know, there was seven sons of Sceva. This was the part that I kind of skipped over. But, you know, they, they knew about the name of Jesus. And they tried to use the name of Jesus. But did it work for them? No. Because they had no redemptive revelation behind it. They just saw Paul use it. It won't work for you just because you see Pastor Mark use it. It won't work for you just because Pastor Tom uses it. It's going to work for you because you have revelation of the power in the name of Jesus. Amen? I mean fresh revelation. I mean the epinosis of God's word. The rhema of God's word. Where it's alive and it's active and it's powerful and it's living in you. So I want to challenge you tonight, church. I want to challenge you to take hold afresh and anew of the revelation of the power in the name. The name of Jesus. When you pray, use the name. Pray over your families using the name of Jesus. Amen? Break every assignment from the pit of hell using the name of Jesus. It's the name that is above what? Every name. And every name that is named has to bow its knee. That's what God's word says. And sometimes there's situations in life where there's assignments, even on our families. Amen. And we have to come against those assignments and break the power of those assignments in the name of Jesus. In our neighborhoods. Amen. In the marketplace, where you work, it's your weapon. Use it. Amen. Glory to God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for putting us in remembrance of your name. Glory to God. The name 
above every name, the name of Jesus. The sweetest name I know. Glory to God.